What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 41 of the Tom Shifflett Podcast. I am your host, Tom Shifflett. We're going to do a quick little Wednesday episode here. I am bunkered down in my studio here that's been ripped the wall out. Everything's all ajar. Everything's all messed up. I'm sitting in one of our beach chairs right now, staring at a wall with our <laughs> my two computers set up. Not comfortable. I'm all hunched over. My back hurts. Super uncomfortable. This chair sucks. So I'm going to fucking just kind of go through this as quickly as possible. Well, not quickly as possible, but I'm not going to talk and talk, talk forever. So let's just get this. Let's just get this show on the road. We'll recap Monday night football. But the Las Vegas Raiders, they went 34 to 24 over the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr, he goes 28 to 38 for 282 yards and three touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 27 carries, 88 yards. Darren Waller, they could. Michael Malcolm Jenkins had one hell of a night trying to stay in front of Darren Waller. He had 12 receptions, 103 yards, and a touchdown. For the Saints, though, Drew Brees, boy, oof, man, bad, bad, bad. 26-38, 312 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Yeah, that sounds nice and all, but a lot of that was a garbage time, two-minute drill, whatever. It, he looked cooked. He doesn't look good at all. I was saying at, at the end of the Saints and Buccaneers game that I was more worried about Drew Brees than I was Tom Brady, and, geez, he just looks bad, man. It does not look good. So 68 throws so far this year. Only seven have traveled over 10-plus yards, and he's only had two completions out of that. So I don't know, man. I He doesn't look like a guy who's going to win New Orleans football games. I think now he's kind of transitioning into the part of his career where he's a high-level you know, game manager. Um, but, man, it, it kind of speaks to how just spectacular Drew Brees has been his entire career when you know he's kind of all over the place, quote-unquote, where he was – more accurate than most quarterbacks are as most night, but you could just tell it's just it's not there right now. And again, it just speaks to how incredible he's been his entire career. Where now it's like, oh man, this guy's terrible, but he's still probably better than most of the starting quarterbacks in the league. But I don't know. They're just gonna have to, I guess, just lean on this run game here. I mean, Alvin Kamara had 13 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. He had nine receptions for 95 yards. Traquan Smith trying to take up the you know, the workload that Michael Thomas is left behind. Traycon Smith had five receptions for 86 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, who they went out in the offseason and paid big money to try and help this offense out. He had three targets, one reception, 18 yards. He has just been a non-factor so far in the first two games. So I don't I don't know if that's because Drew's not getting the ball, you know, down the field or not. But I don't know. Sean Payton, he's a genius. He'll figure something out to try and make this work and kind of, I guess, squeeze the last little bit of... Uh, talent that Drew Brees has had left in that Hall of Fame arm of his. But I mean, if you look at the numbers, New Orleans, they had 424 yards compared to 375 for the the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland. I almost did it. And it was 312 yards to 259 pass yards for New Orleans. And it was 7.4 yards per play to 
Well, almost did it again. <laughs> almost did it. The Las Vegas is 4.9 yards per play, 63% on third down compared to Las Vegas' 58% on third down. But Las Vegas' time of possession, 36-18 to 23-42. And the New Orleans had 10 penalties. Las Vegas was only at three penalties. So that was the difference of the game. Las Vegas, they held the ball. They could sustain drives. Um, it looked pretty shaky in the first quarter. Saints defense got three sacks in the first quarter, and you thought, man, uh, I don't know how Derek Carr is going to stay up all night. It's probably going to be a pretty rough night for him like I predicted it would be. But, I mean, they got together. They started getting the ball out really quick, and they made a lot of really good adjustments. So that New Orleans defense, it, it looked really good last week, and it just it stunk Monday night. It looked bad, and it made... Derek Carr looked really, really good, so I that's pretty concerning, and you don't really have a whole lot of time to bounce back uh, next week because you got Aaron Rodgers coming. So, oh boy, I I don't know, man. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, he looks cooked. He was really bad in space last night, Monday night. Sorry, I keep saying last night, Monday night, because it's Wednesday when I'm recording this. Today is Wednesday, not not Tuesday. So, anyway. On Monday night, Malcolm Jenkins looked really cooked in space. There was nothing he could do to stay in front of Darren Waller. And there's not too many players that can stay in front of Darren Waller, to be perfectly honest. But they kind of brought Jenkins in there to kind of be that guy to cover tight ends one-on-one. They struggled with that last year, and it looks like that's still going to be a problem for them. So, I don't know, good win, good, good win for Las Vegas. They opened up that new giant cathedral with a win. So a little, some insights here from the game, a little tidbits. New Orleans, they just, it snapped a four-game Monday Night Football win streak that they had. The last loss that they had was in 2017 in Week 1. So I was talking about on Monday before the game that teams were 6-3 and three in home openers at a new stadium since 1970. Well, now they're 7-3, and three, and the Raiders, they're 3-0 and oh in those such games. Alvin Kamara, he has four scrimmage touchdowns this year through two games. All of last year, he had six combined. So Kamara looks healthy. They're getting him the ball where they need to get him the ball. And it looks like he's going to go back and producing to as one of the best backs in the league. So a lot of people are saying he's overrated and overpaid once he got his deal. But no, this guy is a stud. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He's one of my favorite players to watch. And he's on my fantasy team. So I hope he keeps getting as many touchdowns as humanly possible. I mentioned Traquan Smith. He had five-plus receptions for the second time in his career, and he's only one of three Saints to do so since 2016. Michael Thomas is obviously the other one, and the second one is Willie Sneed. And the Raiders, they scored 30-plus points in consecutive games for the first time since Week 12 and 13 in 2016. Darren Waller, he has the most 100-yard games at the tight end position since 2019 with six. Josh Jacobs, he's had 10-plus fantasy points in 12 of his 15 career games, so that guy's an absolute workhorse. Derek Carr, he had three touchdown passes for the first time in his last 11 games. A little Drew Brees statistics here. So he tied Peyton Manning in the first quarter for ninth most interceptions on Monday Night Football history with 20. He became third on Monday Night Football's all-time list of touchdown passes with 57. I picked New Orleans, so... <sighs> I can't believe I I didn't get that one. I could have like I thought that was going to be a blowout. I really did. So I was wrong. I picked New Orleans. Just stupid idiots. Yep, that's on me. But I sh- 
still, I finished out the week 21 and 3 in week 2, so pretty, pretty good on my picks there. So now it's Wednesday, so we can get into basketball. We can get into the NBA playoffs, the Western Conference Finals, the Los Angeles Lakers. They lead the Denver Nuggets 2-1. to one. So we'll recap the series real quick. So Friday night when I recorded was the start of the Western Conference Finals. L.A., they won that game 126-114. to 114. That game was not even as close as the score says it was. It was an absolute bloodbath. They dominated Denver. And after watching that game, you're going, well, how does Denver even get one? Do they get one? Is this going to be a sweep? I said Lakers in five going into it, and I figured that, you know, that L.A. would get surprised by Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic, and they would lose game one, and they went out there and they trounced them. So I was thinking, damn, they didn't lose game one. They didn't have that feel-out game like I thought they usually do, and here we go. L.A. just just pencil them into the finals. So game one, Anthony Davis goes 37 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. LeBron, he cruises through it. He did have a feel-out game, but Anthony Davis was dominating, so it was fine. LeBron goes 15 points, 6 boards, 12 assists, and then Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he pitched in 18 points. Dwight off the bench, 13 points. He was really, really irritating Nikola Jokic off the bench, and he just brought in that kind of agitator kind of roll back to the Lakers there and he was he was great man and it's still kind of puzzling that as we've gone through the series here that it's still JaVale McGee starting and not Dwight Howard and we're still getting into the same old bullshit but it looked like it was going to be fine because they won game one they won it running away they were up by as much 20 some points it was like we're okay everything's all good Nikola Jokic Jamal Murray they had 21 each so you're like uh all right they might have figured some stuff out. They made a run there towards the end to make it a little bit close. So Lakers got to come in. They got to come in focused, and it'll be all right. Game two, Sunday night. They win 105-103 with Anthony Davis's game-winning three at the buzzer. So this one was they were blowing the doors off Denver, and Denver did what they've been doing all postseason. They made a furious comeback in the second half. They got it to within. They were down 16 in the first half. They got to within 12 at the half, and then they just went on a just flamethrower run. Jamal Murray was insane. So was Nikola Jokic. And before you know it, LA is down 105. Or they're down 102 to 103. Nikola Jokic, absolutely. He just grabbed the ball and he backed Anthony Davis down for like 15 feet and then got a layup. Absolutely bullet him. It was like a, it was like playing against your dad in the backyard. Like he just dominated him. And you think, whoa. Denver just stole game two, and then, oh, man, my, I don't know what, I don't know what Miles, was it Mason? Is it Mason Plumley or is it Miles Plumley? No, it's Mason Plumley that plays for Denver. Yeah, Mason Plumley. he had a miscommunication with Jeremy Grant. It appears that they heard that the play was going to be for LeBron, so they were both kind of communicating like, hey, don't let LeBron get the ball, don't let LeBron get the ball, and... He didn't even touch the ball, and it went straight to AD on the corner or on the wing. Nails in the three-pointer at the buzzer. It was a beautiful shot. It was a great game. Just Anthony Davis, the first half, he was just sleepwalk. He was non-existent. LeBron had to carry the Lakers through the first half. It was, he finished the game with 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. But second half, he kind of, you know, those old legs started to catch up with him a little bit. He wasn't as tacking as much. He couldn't get to the cup. He wasn't really getting any calls, so... He was just leaning on Anthony Davis to carry him home, and Anthony Davis scored the last 11. And Danny Green, 
Contavious Caldwell Pope, they had 11 each. And then on the other side, Nikolai Jokic, he scored the last 10 for Denver. He had 30 points, six boards, nine assists. Like I said, he had that that layup with like 0.5 seconds left where he thought, well, here we go. 1-1 going into game three, but AD had the remarkable shot. Jamal Murray, he had, 24, he had 25 points, six boards, four assists. And Michael Porter Jr. had 15 points off the bench. So game two, if you're the Lakers, you're kind of like, all right, we won that one. We're up 2-0. We got to come out. We got to come out more aggressive in game three. We got to punch him in the mouth and we got to stay with our foot on the pedal from the get go. We cannot let these guys get any breathing room. And then they proceed last night to lose 114 to 106. Ah, man, this Denver came out with the kind of like fire and playing with desperation that they usually play with in the second half of like every single game so far in the playoffs because they usually dig themselves into a very large hole early and then they come out with their heads on fire running around hitting just incredible shots just fuck you shots that Jamal Murray were hitting last night it was Steph-esque the way he was hitting these shots the three-point step backs off like multiple dribble moves and just turning around before the ball even hits the basket. He was just, he was Stephen Curry-esque. It was absolutely incredible. He had 28 points, 8 boards, 12 assists. Jeremy Grant, he pitched in a career-high 26 points for Denver. Nikolai Jokic had 22 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Monte Morris, he had 14 points off the bench. And Michael Porter Jr. pitched in with 9 points and 6 boards off the bench as well. Oh, man. So, Lakers got punched in the face early. They were down about 14 before halftime and it just they looked lethargic they looked just sleepwalking through it Anthony Davis was just he wasn't there and they just got bullied they just got pushed around and I haven't seen this Laker team get pushed around at all this this season at least you know they didn't have their best stuff most some nights but they at least they competed and they were you know they still had that physicality to their game and they weren't just getting dominated on the boards and pushed around but that's the way game three went last night and it was kind of just he took a step back and you're like, oh boy, I, I said five, but are the Lakers going to run off, you know, two more straight? I, I don't know. Is Denver going to win again? I, I don't know. I don't know. But if, if Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard are going to just combine for four total rebounds, that's, that's not going to get it done, man. They got out rebounded 44 to 25. That's just, that is not going to get it done. Not at all. Especially when you have Jamal Murray shooting the ball the way he is, it just it's that's not gonna work, man. It's not. And when your entire bench, they combined for thirty-seven points. I mean, not even just your entire bench, also two of your starters. So McGee, Danny Green, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, <laughs> Marquise Morris, Dwight Howard, they combined for thirty-seven points. And LeBron, AD, they had fifty-seven. But I mean. It's just, it's a wake up call for Frank Vogel. He's gotta he's gotta make some tweaks again. He's gotta he's gotta fix that rotation. JaVale's gotta be out of it. He has to be out of it. He has to be out of it. He has to be out of it. This is this is just simple, basic shit that we've been talking about, that I've been talking about to myself here since round one, when JaVale McGee wasn't supposed to be a part of the rotation. He kept putting him in there. And then in Houston, game one he starts, he gets played off the floor, he's like, Okay, I'll go a little smaller. Now, he can't go completely small, but the big should be Dwight Howard. He's the only one who can kind of get at Jokic a little bit. Jokic is starting to just not pay attention to anything that Dwight's saying. 
he doesn't really seem that too bothered from the physicality that Dwight was giving him the first two games. So I don't know. What do the Lakers do from here? I know that Anthony Davis has to play better. He has to. And, I mean, LeBron had a 30-point triple-double, but he still was very lethargic. He was turning the ball over a lot early. They just they weren't into it, man. You could just tell that Game 2 took a lot out of them. And to hold off Denver's Fury's comeback and then to win in the fashion that they did, they kind of just looked... They looked, yeah, they looked tired. And they looked like they weren't interested whatsoever in playing a basketball game, so... That's going to get you beat, and that's really going to get you beat by teams who are playing as well as the Denver Nuggets are. So you got to give them credit. We got a 2-1 series now. You were looking at it, and you're like, well, 3-0. You had a chance to put Denver away, get some long, long needed rest for those old legs of LeBron James, and nope. Looks like you're going to be in a series here. But who knows? I mean, they could turn it on the next two nights, and they could win two straight still winning five and be completely fine so we'll see but I still think that's what happens but after game three I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of weary about it but if there's anybody who could turn it around it's LeBron he'll have a better game than he had in game three and he'll definitely play better than he did in the second half of game two and I don't think there's going to be four times where you know Anthony Davis is that bad as he was last night so I think the Lakers are fine. I, I don't think uh, the sky's falling like, you know, Skip Bayless and all of them will lead you to believe. I think I think we're good. Everything is going to be A-OK in Lakerland. Just Denver's a really good team, man. And, again, I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. I called them frauds. I called them frauds all the way up until Game 7 of last round. Yeah, I was calling them frauds. So, <sighs> whoops. But, I mean... They were frauds, but they've taken a giant leap here. Namely, Jamal Murray has taken a giant superstar leap. This is this is watching Stephen Curry in the 2013 playoffs where he took that leap in front of you, and you're just like, holy shit, this guy is really going to wreck the league, huh? And Jamal Murray, he shoots like Steph. He's big like Clay. It's just he is a nightmare, and he's hopefully he's, he's found it, and he's only going to get better, and that just raises the ceiling of this Denver team because – he is unstoppable. He's an absolute flamethrower. There's nothing you can do. He's a guy like Kyrie Irving where, like, they get locked in. It's it's over, man. There's nothing you can do. You just pray that he just misses. That's all you can do, man. But we'll see. I, it's, this might turn into a good series. I was pretty worried after game one and the first half of game two. I was like, man, this is going to be a bloodbath. That sucks. I wanted to see some good bla- basketball. But Denver, Denver's hanging around. They're a really tough team. That's why they, they're here right now so a couple things though that LA can clean up they shot 23% from three a lot of those were just wide open looks off LeBron feeds and they just weren't knocking them down on the flip side you know Denver was just under 40% from three and then from the free throw line LA was putrid they were 63.6% from the free throw line the other end Denver they shot almost 86% from the free throw line so you shoot poorly from three and you shoot poorly at the free throw line, you don't care. take care of the ball, you're going to lose every single night in the NBA. That's just the way it's going to go. And then Frank Vogel said today that Alex Caruso, he was dealing with some right wrist discomfort. He was going to get MRI sometime. It's precautionary. He should be fine. And then Danny Green, he's dealing with something with one of his left fingers or something like that. But he said they're both probable for game four. They're probably going to play. But with all that, I'm still I'm still going L.A. in five. All they got to do is clean up the boards. They got knocked down open shots, and LeBron gives it to him. But on the other end, you could say, but Tom, they're a bad rotation away from being down 2-1 in the series. That's true, but 
they're fucking not. So they're still up 2-1. I, I think they're going to win this series pretty handily the next two games. So Lakers in five. That's the Western Conference Finals. So in the Eastern Conference Finals, big time game I was talking about on Monday from the Boston Celtics. Saturday night, they avoided going down the dreaded 3-0 hole. Miami still leads the series 2-1. Boston got the win 117-106. to 106. This game got a little too close for comfort if you're a Boston fan towards the end there. Ugh, they're still just, they still can't figure out how to close out these goddamn games, man. They just, they don't know what they're doing in the fourth quarter. They just go into just straight up just hero iso ball all the time. Everybody, just anybody, Marcus Smart, all of them, they all do it. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Because, I mean, they just, they let Miami right back into it. You can't do that with a team who shoots the ball as well as they did. They shot horribly in Game 3. It was bad. But for Boston, Jalen Brown, he was great. I was talking about on Friday how Boston needs to get away from being so Kemba-centric and just play through Jalen Brown, play through Jason Tatum, play through your two best guys, and good things are going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. Jalen Brown had 26 points, 7 boards, 5 assists. Jason Tatum, 25 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. He was extremely efficient. It was good to see. It was the stuff that I've been talking about that they needed to do. They finally did it. Kemba, he had 21 points. Marcus Smart pitched in 20 points. It was a nice, efficient offensive night for them. And then the fourth quarter came, and they kind of just shit themselves. And and you let Tyler Hero get a couple threes. You let Duncan Robbins start to get a couple threes. Jimmy Butler started to, like, feel like playing on the offensive end and Miami man they can't they can't just not even just Miami Jimmy Butler can't just wait for the fourth quarter to start being assertive and being aggressive because it's not gonna work you can't do that every single game you can't you can't just wait until you're down double digits and go okay now it's time to fucking play no dude you have to go man you have to go it was just game he took 13 shots in game three like come on man that's not enough you gotta do more than that you can't no he had 17 points, 8 boards, 3 assists, 13 goddamn shots. That's not enough, dude. And 6 of them were in the 4th quarter, so it's just, you gotta be more aggressive, brother. You have to. You, or This Heat team, it's just, it, they're not gonna win this series if Jimmy Butler's gonna be like that. But Bam, he was great. Again, every single game, he's been great. 27 points, 16 boards for Bam. Tyler Hero had 22 off the bench. He's been unbelievable. Like I said, I would trade top 5 pick in this draft for Tyler Hero straight up I would I don't even care I would easily do it and he's been great and he's getting like I was talking about with Tatum and Brown they're getting some major major playoff experience at a very young age this is really 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 important stuff and they're doing great and Duncan Robinson he's doing the same thing so I mean the insane thing about this is that Boston led they led by 20 and then Miami they never even sniffed the lead so Boston this entire series, they've led over 80% of this series, and they're down 2-1. That's how just ridiculous this series is. Like, Boston has been dominating, and they, they've lost, they lost two straight games, all in the fourth quarter. But they did a lot better. They cleaned some stuff up, but there's still a lot to improve. And the biggest difference was Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is, he's a total game changer for them, man. Getting him back in the lineup, another guy who has some length, he's mobile, he can move, he can facilitate, he can get his own shot, like, and he can hold his own defensively. They needed that so bad, and they looked like a completely different team with Gordon Hayward out there, and 
I make fun of him. I call him 4chan, Chandler Parsons, and all that stuff. And But he's a really good player, man, and he is going to make a giant difference in this series. And if Miami they want to not let Boston run off four straight here and win this in six games, they got to be better. they got to be better. I mean, Boston, they were 50-42 to on the glass. They shot 48% from the floor. Miami, only 38%. Three ball, 35% for Boston. Less than 30% at 27.3 for Miami. That's been carrying them through this playoff run. And if those shooters are going to start coming back down to earth, it is not a good sign for Miami, man. Like I was saying, Boston, they've let 80% of the minutes through three games, and they're down 2-1. It's just, what the fuck, man? But you got game four tonight. If Boston plays the way they did the other night, and Goran Dragic and Jay Crowder, they continue to struggle because Crowder, man, he could not throw it into the ocean the other night, man. He was bad. He was 2-for-10 from three-point land. He looked like he did when he was playing for the Cavs. And then Goran Dragic, the guy who's been like, just like their unsung hero, he was 2-for-10, 1-for-5 overall. And three. Like The concern is after that game, I was like, well, you know, they made a valiant comeback. They were within two possessions within 30 seconds. You're like, okay, they got some stuff they can build on. But is this the beginning of the end of the magical run? Is Goran Dragic... F- shot not going to fall anymore is jay crowder's shot not going to fall anymore i don't don't know i mean we'll we'll certainly see tonight if if they're shooting poorly again this just pack it up this is over boston's going to win this one in six games they're just going to rattle off four in a row it's over because there's just there's nothing else they can do tyler hero and jimmy butler kind of coasting through three quarters isn't going to get it done this boston team is way too talented way too fucking talented and it looks like brad stevens has finally figured it out just Play through JB, play through JT. That's all you got to do. Brown, Tatum, that's it. That is it. Kemba, give me what you can, but don't be running sets through Kemba Walker. Just don't do it. Just leave it all to Jason Tatum. That's what you need to do, man. Lean on your stars. That's what they're stars for, man. So I'm I'm going. I'm sticking with Boston at six. I'm saying Boston wins four straight, and they close it out. But... It'd be nice to get seven games. It would be nice. This series has been fun, but I think it, I think it's over. I think Boston's figured it out, and I think Miami is starting to. Yeah, I think the clock's starting to strike on Cinderella. So, but I've been wrong about Miami this entire time. So maybe they'll prove me wrong tonight. Maybe they'll, you know, screw you, Tom. We're gonna win by twenty points tonight. I'm like, okay, sorry, Jimmy Butler, my bad, man. <sighs> so that's that's a quick little NBA recap, and then. Billy Donovan, he's the new head coach for the Chicago Bulls. So, like I was saying, when Donovan, when it came out that Donovan and OKC decided to part ways, it's I said, well, I guess Oklahoma City is tearing down then because he's leaving that job. Why would you leave that job with all that, all those assets? Chris Paul coming back. Why would you leave unless Chris Paul is not coming back, and you're they're in rebuild mode i mean i don't know would you rather rebuild in oklahoma city or would you rather rebuild in chicago i i don't know why he went to chicago honestly i don't i don't know that doesn't seem like a very doesn't seem like the greatest job in the world they'll probably make the playoffs in the east next year with a competent coach you know zach levine's really good if they keep him i don't know it's strange what oklahoma city is doing then if billy donovan felt like i gotta get out of here and they just mutually decide to separate um i mean does 
Is Chris Paul on the move? Like, I was reading something today where Mike D'Antoni is looking like he's going to be the favorite for the Philadelphia Sixers job because when I talked to you last Wednesday, it was Tyron Lue. It was all Tyron Lue. The writing was on the wall. It was going to be Ty Lue was going to take the Philly job, and now it seems like it's going to be Mike D'Antoni, which makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. Nobody on that team plays the way that D'Antoni plays or would fit in D'Antoni's system in any way whatsoever. That'd be a horrible hire unless they're getting rid of Joel Embiid. It doesn't make any sense. If they get rid of Joel Embiid and then they add Chris Paul, all right, now now we're talking about something. Now you're cooking. Now it makes sense with Mike D'Antoni. But if they're not doing that, then I I just I don't know why you would hire Mike D'Antoni. I just don't get it. People are talking about New Orleans taking that. Oof, do not. Do not take that job. I hope he doesn't take that New Orleans job. No way. That'd be bad. Really bad. But I was reading, you know, stuff came out about the Clippers their implosion that PG give them a rah-rah come on guys we can do it speech and it's like you know a lot of the players said it was met with eye rolls and kind of scoffs like yo bro you're like two for ten from the field you've been shit in the bed I don't even want to hear it from you don't try and pump me up dude so that locker room was you know it wasn't very good all year they had no chemistry like I've been saying and I don't know who leaked that I <laughs> I don't know why anybody would leak that, but apparently they're going to break it all down. They're on the search for playmakers. Um, they're going to be shopping just about everybody but Kawhi Leonard. So I don't know. Does uh, I I don't know. Does do they shop Paul George and try and get something else? I, I don't know what you're going to get, but people are suckers for Paul George. I know I am. I am a sucker for Paul George. He's so talented. It's so frustrating that I fall for it every time, but. Dude's 6'8". He handles the ball like a guard, like a little shooting guard, like a little point guard. And he's got the jumping ability. He's got rebounding, passing. He's one of the best defenders in the league. And there's stretches of time where he was shooting the ball at Stephen Curry, like numbers and efficiency two years ago before he could move move his arms over his shoulders in Oklahoma City before the playoffs. Like he was third in MVP voting not too long ago, you know? He's a really good player, man. It's just kind of, he just can't do it when it matters the most. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, so that's that's the NBA, what's going on right now. And then on Friday, after, probably before, I recap Thursday Night Football and preview week three, I'll get into games four of Miami and Boston. I'll clean that one up. Speaking of Thursday Night Football, we'll get into that one real quick, and then we'll start to wrap this one up. I'm just like, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like sitting and talking for very long. This chair is killing me. So Thursday Night Football, we've got the Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, man, dream Thursday night matchup. So a couple little things going into it. Gardner Minshew, my man, 20-plus fantasy points in each game so far this season. Miami, they have allowed a top six quarterback in both games so far this season. So, very excited. I'm starting Gardner Minshew again. Mike Gusecki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins. He has accounted for 50% of Miami's red zone targets. That's the fifth highest among tight ends so far in two games. So, he's getting he's getting, he's getting some looks, man. And he's really talented. You saw what he did last week. He had eight catches, 130-some yards, and a touchdown. So, Ryan Fitzpatrick really likes him, so Mike Gusecki. Both teams, I mean, if you look at this, they're both (laughs) really similar. They put up a shit ton of points. They have a lot of yards. They give up a lot of yards. 
they give up a shit ton of points. I don't know. This could be a really good. Sh- this could be a shootout. It should. This could be a really fun game between Minshew and Fitzpatrick. Two guys that are kind of kind of gunslingers. No real defensive, you know, pushback is going to be happening here. So it could be a fun game. It could be like a 31-24 kind of game like that, or it could suck. It could be 13-10. to 10. You know, it's usually how these games work out. You think, oh, well, you know, both these teams like to throw the ball a bit. This will be fun. No, it's not. It it turns out not to be fun. You, most of the time, these Thursday night games, they aren't fun. They're usually, they usually stink. But this one could be good. I'm excited for this one. This one could be good. Good news for Gardner Minshew. No Byron Jones, their top corner for the Miami Dolphins. He is not playing. Devontae Parker, though, he is a full go. So he is a full go in my fantasy lineup. I'm very excited about that. Um, Xavion Howard, he was a full go at practice today, too. So Miami is looking a lot more healthy going into this game after today. So that that being said, I'm taking Jacksonville. I'm taking them 31-21. to We'll see. Maybe I can start. I'll start week three with a bang or and she will shit the bed for me for some reason and i don't know we'll see well maybe maybe we'll get lucky and fitzpatrick is really bad and then Tua Tagaloa can just start in the second half that'd be great Ugh. speaking of quarterbacks uh, so we got a little more information about what was happening with tyrod taylor so sunday i was saying he had you know chest discomfort and he was having trouble breathing and they didn't know what it was or they knew what it was they just didn't tell us what it was so apparently tyrod said he cracked a rib early on in the game in week one and he didn't say anything about it he just kept playing and then he tried warming up he hurt it even more I guess he caught a pass and it it really just hurt him a lot so he goes back in the locker room and the team doctor punctures him in the lung with the goddamn pain med injection and they said, uh, you can't play because I punctured your lung, and you shouldn't be playing for a good amount of time. They said indefinitely. So I, what a fucking quack. He got absolutely butchered by his own doctor, just trying to give him some pain medication. He punctured his lung. Like, what the hell are you doing? How did you do that? So that's how Tyrod Taylor's out. That guy has the worst luck in the world. It's insane. So he loses his starting job, again, to some kind of injury. Is he going to get it back? Absolutely not. Definitely not. Herbert is starting. They're playing Carolina. Carolina has been ugh, disgusting on defense. So Herbert's going to look really good again. He looked. I just can't talk about. I can't stop talking about how good he looked against Kansas City. So he's going to look even better against Carolina. And oh, poor Tyrod, man, he's going to lose his job, and he's never going to get it back. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe if he comes back in a decent amount of time, maybe somebody would trade for him, like in Denver. But Denver signed Blake Bortles, so they're fine. Don't worry. Jesus Christ, how does that guy get a job? Blake Bortles, he's in the league again. Like, I just, oh, man, that guy sucks. So bad, so bad. And Denver was like, no, that's the guy. He's going to fix our problems. Uh, okay, all right. Well, maybe maybe they'll trade for Tyrod. Maybe. Maybe they will. Maybe San Francisco will. If Jimmy G's, you know, the sex grossman's hurt longer than they think. But Kyle Shannon said, there would be a chance. Like, if Sunday was a playoff game, Garoppolo would play. So, he's probably going to be out another week. But, I don't know. We'll see what happens quarterback market-wise. Tyrod is, he's a good quarterback, man. He deserves to have a starting job. and It just, what, just shit, just shit fucking luck, man. I'm so sorry, Tyrod. I really am. You deserve a lot better than that, man. Damn it. Your own team doctor. You got butchered, man. I'm so sorry, dude. 
Oh, God. How does he still... How do they just fire the team doctor immediately? You punctured the guy's lung. Like, you don't have to stab him. Like, you're not trying to, like, wound him. Oh, you know? Jesus Christ. It's his first day on the job, I guess. Well, like, wasn't their... Their former doctor was, like... What was that guy's name? He was the... Was it Chow? Was that that guy's name? He was, like... He had, like, three DUIs. And then he was, like, sued for malpractice. And he, like... A bunch of, like, wrongful, like... Death suits were against him and shit. And then they fired him. Now he works with, like, Clay Travis and Jason Whitlock. And it's just... Uh, he's, like, he's, like, a writer now. He gets paid to write, like... Whatever. But I don't know what it is with Los Angeles, San Diego combined, what it is with their team doctors, but get your shit together, guys. So on that note, I'm going to wrap this one up. Keep this one like 45 minutes. Yeah, it's be about 40. That's cool with me. This is this is rough. So I don't know when these people are going to come and fix down here in the basement, my, my studio here. So it looks like I'm going to be sitting in this beach chair for a little bit longer. So... I don't think I'm going to be having too long of episodes because this just isn't enjoyable at all. I'm not comfortable. This is not enjoyable. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get this one done. So, Friday's pod, like I said, we're going to do Thursday Night Football Recap. We'll preview the Week 3 Sunday slate. We'll talk Western Conference Finals. We'll talk Eastern Conference Finals basketball. Recaps, previews of the weekend. Then we'll talk talk a little Stanley Cup. Uh, that. Tampa Bay Lightning offense was really good the other night. Just three out of the gate. Good series. Two really good teams. Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning. I'd rather see the Lightning win it. I'm just, I'm a big, you know, Steven Stamkos guy. I've always have been. I got a soft spot for him, so I'm rooting for the Lightning. And, you know, MLB playoffs, they're starting soon. Much to, the, you know, my surprise, the Baltimore Orioles were eliminated from playoff contention last night. I know, shocking. People were trying to tell me they were going to make the fucking playoffs. Okay, man. But anyway, so we can get into MLB postseason soon. A lot of stuff going on. So we'll get into that. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and review after every single episode. So when you get done listening, write a review. And then, you know, you do it again the next episode, then the next episode, and the next episode. You just keep doing that. It takes like 15 seconds. You you'll you you can do it. It'll be all right. This takes a lot more work than you know a 15 second review that you would leave. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Cause you know I have we're coming up on 600 downloads and listens after this episode most likely, and I only have 15 ratings and like six reviews. So those numbers don't add up. So all you gotta do just write a review after every single episode. It'd be a great help to me, and you would not hear me say that all the time if you're even still listening at this point so i will talk to you friday have a good one see ya yeah, from the bottom of my heart thank you and uh what can i say mamba out <laughs>